it's that story, you know, where that guy, the angel of the Lord, comes up to Joshua, says, Josh, you got some big walls in your life. And Josh says, well, are you for me or are you for them? And the angel of the Lord said, no, neither. I am not here to take sides. I'm here to take over. I'm here to take control. And when you give up, and he tells him, take off your shoes. When you surrender your heart, when you give up your right to be in control. And I always go back to the first thing the voice said to me was, you think you're in control, but I tell you, I am. You know, and I realized, wow, when I surrender my right to be in control, now the angel gives him the battle plan and said, now, let's take down some walls. But it was in his surrender to that angel, the angel of the Lord. Mm -hmm. It was in his surrender to Jesus Christ. Like we talked about before, I think we said, you know, it ain't, you don't discuss terms of surrender with Jesus. <laughs> it's unconditional surrender. Yeah. But Jesus knows, hey, here's that unconditional surrender. There's the surrender of the heart. I make a new creation. They're born again now that I've got that unconditional surrender. Now let's start taking down some walls. Mm -hmm. Let's take down some walls so that I can take you into the promised land. So I can take you in what I have for you. So I can fulfill the purpose that I have for your life. I'll give you a crazy story. Years ago, Wanda, when we was dating, she I only had my Harley and she had a truck, so it was raining. And she took me to this all-native prayer meeting, all right? And we went in, you know, in Alaska, when you go in, everybody take their shoes off. Well, they got a pile of shoe right here, you know? And there's a linoleum or the vinyl, and then it, linoleum, that's way back. The vinyl, the transition, and the carpet, okay? Well, I put my shoes off. I stepped on the other side of that transition. I'm the only long-haired, tattooed white guy in the place. There's all kind of Native people everywhere. And, you know, it was Indians and, and you know, you picking a new pack and just, you know, beautiful collection of Native people. And they're doing their thing. They're singing and praising. There's folk getting coffee and whatnot back and forth. And all of a sudden, there's a lady sitting over here in a chair. And all of a sudden, she stops and goes, God wants to touch somebody here tonight. And you'll know who it is because you'll get a nudge. Well, that lady says that, I get what this thing that feels, it's about the size of my fist, that feels like a burning chunk of coal stuck in the middle of my chest. <laughs> I said, man, that's more than a nudge. <laughs> she said, whoever it is, step up here. And and the skinny little native fella stepped up there, and she stood up and put her hand out like that, and she goes, God, make him a leader of men. That's all she gets out. Round the corner comes this little bitty four-foot-nothing, silver-haired, beautiful old Eskimo lady. And she had that heavy village accent, you know. But she comes out, boy, this little old lady, she's, no, Holy Spirit, tell me something not right here. Put your hands up, go back, worship God. Boy, the little old girl said it, boy, everybody did it, you know. <laughs> they get him up. Boy, I got him up. I'm like, man, that lady said that you get a nudge. I got more than a nudge. I'm on fire over here. And and she, I said, lady, that lady, God, that lady said something ain't right. I said, I'm on fire, and I know that ain't right, you know. And I opened my eyes, and I realized I'm standing, leaning like this. And I, and I thought, I said, oh, no, God. I said, I've seen them people fall down. I said, I ain't falling down like that. <laughs> and it was like someone was holding me up and they went, oh, really? And, and I went boom and hit the floor in the pile of shoes in the doorway. And I began to shake like a human earthquake. 
All right. Now I got a chunk of gold burning in me. I'm shaking like a fool in these people's shoe. When I hit the floor, when the white boy hit the floor, everybody's eyeballs came open and looking at me. And in my mind, I was going, oh, stop shaking, fool. Stop shaking. You looking like a fool, man. But my body would not listen to what my brain was telling it, boy. You know, no one could leave because I was in their shoes. You know, I was shaking. <laughs> and finally I had a while of shaking, quitting. And, and I knew I was still in these people's shoes. But I was in someplace else at the same time, and this place was the most peaceful, mellow place I ever been. Now I lived through the seventies, boy. I know I've been mellow, you know what I'm saying. But this was a peace on a whole nother level. And I remember being in this place, and at the wheel, I thought, man, I need to get up out these people's shoes. And this voice spoke to me, and the voice came with incredible power. But with all the power came this incredible peace. And the voice said, you can if you want. And I said, no, sir, it feels too good here. I want to stay. And I stayed there. I have no idea how long. I stayed in the people's shoes, you know, could nobody leave because I was in their shoes, you know. And uh, after a little while, I thought again, man, I, I knew I was in their shoes. But I knew I was in this other place at the same time. I cannot explain that to you. All right. And after a while, I thought, man, I need to get up out of these shoes. And that voice spoke again with all that power, which is kind of weird to try and say that, that he spoke with so much power. But with all the power came incredible peace. And he said, you can if you want. And I, I got set up on them like this. And all of a sudden, I was seeing the room and everybody and everybody turning and they're looking at me. Boy, they're all looking at me. I said, I didn't do nothing. I said, that lady right there said it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a clue and understanding about that. You know what I'm saying? But it was a moment where... I don't know, how, do, how did I get on that story? Well, you know, we, I, I think there was something in me that God was changing. You know what I'm saying? I don't know what that burning chunk of coal was. Mm -hmm. I don't know why I hit the ground and shook like that. But I'll tell you this, dude, don't it make sense that if you can be demon-possessed, can't you be Holy Spirit-possessed? Mm -hmm. And if the Holy Spirit is possessing you, then your mind ain't going to be able to tell your body what to do. You see well, what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. When the if you ain't never had that, I pray you get it. Yeah, when the Both presence comes with that weight, but when uh, you know why? Why have Joshua march around the city seven times for seven days? Why? It's like God is is saying, "Let's open these eyes little by little. Let's give them a taste of this spiritual thing that they can't comprehend." And I think He also wants to stimulate that curiosity. What? What's? What's going on? What? You know? And. He wants us to be seeking him. I was talking yesterday about how sometimes we we have the experience with God and we begin to learn how to act with God and, and that creativity, that creative experience, that creative walk with God and, and at some point starts to become mechanical. When I pray like this, this happens. When I when I worship like this, everything mm -hmm. goes great. And we get going in the repetitive mechanic, we end up start digging ourselves a hole. And then at some point we wake up and we're like, why is God far from me? I'm stuck in a rut. Why when I'm praying, I can't feel any connection? Why when I'm worshiping, you know, maybe other people are, things are happening, but I'm not, I don't have any connection. And we either stay in the mechanical acts of God or we we start searching that creative Act and that's why God withdraws from us to lead us on, so that we don't grow stale and we don't corrupt what was beautiful with God. 
Because when we corrupt you, you, you know, that's when you see the, the great preachers who started out with this wonderful ministry and then they fall in this scandal. You know, this is what happened. They had something beautiful, but it became mechanical and then it got corrupted, it got old, it got moldy. We think as human beings, we think that, well, and I think this is maybe part of where I got on that. As human beings, we think, well, here's a, a pattern. Mm-hmm. And as long as we do that pattern, the Israelites kind of mm-hmm. did that. As long as we do this pattern, then God's going to do this thing right here. Mm-hmm. And they forget that that's what a 52 bajillion fingerprints. God's like, no, 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 no. You got to understand, y'all might be stuck in a rut, but I don't get stuck in ruts. Mm-hmm. I don't do the same thing the same way every time. <laughs> I'm far too creative for that. I'm far too colorful for that. Mm -hmm. I'm far too expressive. I'm far too artistic. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And so he said, don't, don't, you know, Dave, Dave, like God, let me build you a house, man. First of God said, first off, Dave, what are you going to get a house that big, son? (laughs) You know, you ain't got a box that can hold me, boy. You know, but I tell you what, because I like your heart and where you're going in this. You man who shed too much blood. So you can't do it. But your boy, Solomon, I'll have him build me one. See, and it, but it, and, and it says when it, the glory of God came down and filled that temple that the preachers couldn't even stand up to do their work. Well, you know, if they couldn't stand to do their work, don't that mean you got two choices? A little side note here. You either falling down or you sitting down. Either way, he knocked you down. You know, because he knocked you down a notch, a level, so you could recognize I'm over here. You are over here on a whole nother level, and I'm in complete need of what you got because I can't get there on my own. That back to your opening statement. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, that, you know, I think he will do that saying, you know, what What box are you going to build that'll hold me? <laughs> okay. I hold the universe in the palm of my hand, and that ain't even big enough to hold me. You see what I'm saying? So, how am I ever going to get stuck in a rut having to do the same thing the same way? Mm-hmm. I'm going to do something different in every one of your lives, and it'll still be me. Because y'all will be on a different level. You know, when I was in that meeting, I was the only one laying in the shoes shaking. He didn't knock everybody else down shaking. You know what I'm saying? That don't make me special. That just means he was doing it in a different way with me than he was anybody else in that room. You see what I'm saying? I can tell you bunches of other ones. I think I have told other ones in here. You know where one thing happened to me, and a whole crowd of folk over here got something completely different. You know what I'm saying? When you go to them services or you've seen them on the video, you know, where people are falling out laughing or they're crying or whatever the case may be, you don't know what God's doing in their heart. And there may be 52 people, 5,200 people, all of them laughing and crying. But each one of them, he's doing something different in their heart. Mm -hmm. And that's where it comes down to, okay, if you're born again, I've surrendered that heart. And you say, okay, now that you surrendered, now I'm going to begin to do some work that you can't do. Because I'm going to bring the changes. I already know the changes that you need. I'm totally willing to bring them in, uh, into your life if you'll let me. Now, somewhere in there, when I said, I'm sorry, I was wrong, you are God. He seemed to take that as permission as to throw me down in a pile of shoe and shake <laughs> me and put a burning chunk of coal in me. You know, because I don't recall ever saying that day when I was going in. Now, look, God, if you ain't got nothing else to do and ain't nobody else at the meeting, <laughs> Go on and put a bunch of coal in my chest and throw me down and shake me like a fool in the people's shoes. You know? <laughs> but if, if you've surrendered, then you've given him that permission. And maybe that's what that coal was. Maybe it was burning something in my life out. Maybe it was some, you know, I don't know what's supernatural, but I'm going to tell you this, dude, it did make like a Jesus junkie out of me. 
because it made me want more. You know, where was we at where somebody said, oh, Reverend Steve, you know, don't take a toke or something he said in the Sunday service, you know, because <laughs> the best high you've ever been on is a Jesus, a Holy Spirit high. And I was just thinking that it could have been you or God working through you for somebody else's faith saying, man, if, he, if Jesus can do this with this guy, <laughs> you know, what can he do for me? <laughs> I need to give myself to him, you know, if he can work with this guy. <laughs> yeah, good, you know. Especially if you're looking at me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's some Myra Clay right there. Boy, I'm guy gray, too, you know. <laughs> but you're the treasure. Isn't that crazy? You know, my, my I'll tell you this story on the side here. Uh, my favorite song, okay, you're the treasure. You're the, in the Myra Clay, he seeks the gold. My wife and I went to a church Valentine's banquet at Frozo's, okay? And uh, they said, everybody wants you bring your love song and we'll play it during the Valentine's banquet. So they were playing, I want to hold your hand and love me do and all these different ones throughout the thing and folk are talking through the whole thing, you know? But then it came to the end and a girl who was playing the song, she said, oh no, I forgot to play Matt and Wanda's song. So for that song, everybody stopped and listened. <laughs> now the, the, my song for my wife is John Prine's In Spite of Ourselves. And if you hear the lyrics, you would not picture it being sung at a church Valentine's banquet. But it's my song for my wife and her song for me. In spite of ourselves, we'll wind up the great door prize. And in a song lists all the you know the crazy crazy things that uh, you know in the verses they're kind of humorous, you know. And and uh, but the chorus is, in spite of ourselves, we'll wind up the great door prize. And I like that song because I thought, you know, that's my song for my wife. But in reality, sometimes it's like God's song. In spite of yourself, you're the prize I seek. In spite of yourself. And, it, you know, when Pete, Pete was on a boat, we went through this, you know, before. And, and Jesus says, put out in the deep. And then he casted that. But he went in Jesus' direction. See what I'm saying? And, and Pete says, depart from me, sir. I'm a sinful man. And Jesus goes, no. You're the mess I was looking for. You're the miry clay because there's the treasure in you, Pete. And over the years, I'm going to bring it out. And you look at how many times Pete messed up through his walk with Christ. You know what I'm saying? But, uh, but uh, then on, the, on the Acts number two, it said Peter being full, his heart, the abundance of his heart, his heart was full of the Holy Spirit because he knew he had messed up over here when he denied the Christ, but he got humble and repented and the forgiveness was waiting and the restoration was waiting and the infilling was coming. And it said, Peter being full of the Holy Spirit, out of the abundance of his heart, being full of that Holy Spirit, he winds up preaching boldly to how many thousand people and he comes out with these lovely words that make people want to go to church. Jesus, whom you crucified. <laughs> Those were not conciliatory words. <laughs> they were a little bit confrontational. But Pete was full. Pete was full. And God was moving on the hearts of the people so that the net could be cast. Mm -hmm. And the harvest brought in 3,000 people go, what do we got to do to be saved? What do we got to do, Pete, mm -hmm. to be born again, to be like you? Because we know you a mess. You know, some of them might have been there that night and heard him deny Christ. Mm -hmm. But you know one thing that's cool about if they heard him deny Christ? They might have been there to watch him run out weeping bitterly. They might have been there to watch him be broken when he went out. They said, wow, this is a man that went out broken, but he's different now. 
he's being full of, you know. You and you talked about permission, but how many were there to follow Jesus for the bread, for the words, for the power, for the healings? But when he brings that word to test, you know, are you willing to step out into the spirit? Can you drink my blood? Can you eat my flesh? This guy's crazy. So when you, you know, and Pete, you know, where else can we go? So there is in your heart a moment of that permission, that moment of that unconditional surrender. Or that moment of hardening and, okay, this, you know, I don't want to go that far. And then it ends. Yeah. That's them seeds on the road. Some of the ravens get, <laughs> some grow up in the hard ground and they die. You know, some of the wind blows away. You know, but there are some seeds that take root. And that's what the conclusion kind of I came to on the way here. I said, I can never reconcile that. Because God alone knows. God alone sees the heart. Mm-hmm. I can hear somebody, and when he tells me to put out the net, put out the net. See what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But that's the old adage, I can catch a fish, or he catches the fish, I just put the net out. But he don't tell me to clean the fish. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? <clears throat> and, uh, you know, so just, I just endeavor to follow him, and I, I can't reconcile. I don't know, because I don't know your heart. I don't know. You know how, how often do I don't even know my own heart? That's why I always got to say, God, cleanse my heart. Even though I'm a full-on believer and been born again, you know, I still recognize there are times that stuff is in here that I don't really want in there. There's some contaminated water in here. This guy still got to change even after 30 years of following Jesus Christ. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I, I have, all you got to do is ask my wife and kids and find out that I ain't done that perfectly. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? But I still desire to surrender that heart. I still seek the point where I surrender that heart. Mm-hmm. Give up my right to be in control so that I can encounter the Holy Spirit more. So I can experience him more in my life. I started recently going, you know, Holy Spirit, I- I'm not going to do this no more. It. You. I'm going to talk to you straight. You, sir. Holy Spirit. You. Because people forget that you're a person. They forget that you're part of the personality of God. And I want you functioning in my life, not just so the man I get changed, but so that when folk come around me, they encounter the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. So that maybe if their heart's open or maybe if they're struggling, that he can go, let's turn up the light. Because this one I'm going to get, because this one's heart is open right now. Maybe he goes, let's turn down the light because this one here, no matter what we do, they ain't going to see no light. Some folk choose to shut the light out of their life. You know, you look at their house, windows drawn. You know, <laughs> they ain't letting no light in, physically nor spiritually. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, and I didn't, you know, I don't want to walk out. I don't want to be part of the walking dead. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I want to be part of the, the ever living. You ever think about that? It's Adam and Eve in the garden. You know, Eve didn't get a name right away. Her name was just woman. Woman, you're bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. Good on you, Adam, to figure that one out. You know? But then Adam and Eve, they mess up. They eat in the garden, do their thing. And God says to the woman, 
the first person to ever receive a prophecy in human history is Eve. It don't come through a prophet, it comes from God. Woman, your seed, the serpent will bruise his heel, but he will crush his head. And at that, Adam responds, your name is Eve. She gets her name right at that moment because you're the mother of all living. Now watch this. When you and I give our heart to Jesus Christ, what happens? We're given eternal life, or we become part of the all living. Maybe that's what Adam was saying at that moment. Those all who believe the word that God came, the word came to Eve in spite of herself, in spite of the mistake that she made, which was tremendous. The forgiveness was already waiting. You know, when God came down, he said, Adam and Eve, where are you? Actually, didn't even ask Eve. Adam, where are you? Now, you think God didn't know which bush he was hiding behind? He knew exactly what. I think God was saying, boy, look, if you'll come out from the sin you're hiding behind, I've already made a way. The forgiveness is waiting if you'll come out and ask for it. The restoration is waiting. All you got to do is come ask. Adam, boy, came out from behind a bush, you know? Said, look, man, the woman you gave me, she had this fruit. I had some too, as if God was surprised by that part, you know? In case you didn't know, I, I had some fruit too, man. You know? But, <laughs> but um, and then Eve's like, well, that snake. I was thinking about this, thinking about this, guys. You know, the snake. Was he really, there's just, I can't prove this, but was it really a snake? Or is the snake simply a picture of who Satan is? Did he take the form of a snake or was he there as Satan? He was, he, he, okay, because in the book it says the serpent, the dragon, the serpent of old Satan. So maybe the snake was just a picture, you know, of, and it's, I've given you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions. I've given you authority to trample on the demonic realm. All right. So maybe it was just Satan, but watch this now. The snake comes down. He's in a tree or wherever he's at. And he says to the girl, hey, did God really say? You realize what he was doing with that statement? He was trying to reason with her. He was trying to get her to reason away her faith. Mm -hmm. Did God really say? It seems reasonable at times. You can reason away your faith. Yeah. But if you'll recognize that it's a lie and you can turn around to that faith, because faith is not unintelligent. Faith is absolutely intelligence. It's a superior intelligence because it functions from the intelligence of God. That's the difference between Saul and David. Saul was, David would hear the word of God. Okay, that's what I'm going to do. No matter how much he messes up along the way, he at least had that. This is the word of God and this is what's right and this is what I'm going to do. And Saul wanted to rationalize and compromise. Well, these guys want this and I really need them to help me. So maybe we can adjust this a little bit and he rationalized away the word of God, which it doesn't work. They bit him in the butt. The same with the chick. He, you know, he re reasoned with her. Mm -hmm. Okay, now watch it. Later in the book said, God said, come reason with me. Come, let us reason together. First off, it's easy for God to say that because he knows he's going to win the argument. Mm -hmm. If I knew I was going to win all the time, <laughs> I would tell one, come on and just argue with me, girl. <laughs> I ain't that dumb. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I might not be the sharpest tool in the shed, but I ain't that dumb, you know, because <laughs> I know I'm not right all the time. You know what I'm saying? And But Jesus, God saying, Jesus saying, come reason with me, man. 
See the snake, he's over here trying to reason with you. Mm-hmm. He's reasoning with you, trying to get you to believe a lie. He's trying to get you to believe that lie so he can rob from you. Mm-hmm. He's trying to get you to believe that lie so he can kill you, so he can destroy everything. But come reason with me. Come reason with me. Mm-hmm. And I'll show you the way. I'll show you the truth. I'll show you the life. I'll show you the counterattack to the lie. Come reason with me. Whose words will you believe? I put before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Whose reasoning are you going to believe? Come reason with me. Yes, I'm going to win. <laughs> but when you surrender, all of the blessing and the life is going to come to you. Yeah, I mean, if you really believe God is good, then whose voice do you want to listen to? <laughs> but you know, 